Right. Oh man, about a week or so ago on Facebook, uh, you posted a thing that said, "Hey, fuck it, let's just argue about football in the comments." And then I, oh, yeah. I said something about the 49ers, and then you came back <laughs> with like, "Oh yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs beat your ass." And then I was like, "Okay, baby, I will never forget that." And being a long like Kansas City Chiefs fan, uh, being born here and raised here in Kansas City and everything else too, hey. It couldn't happen to a better team. I respect San Francisco, but when you play us, and yeah, nah, I'm going to go roll with my team. That was a good Super Bowl, though. Jimmy G got that for y'all, but that was a good Super Bowl, man. That, that was a very sweet moment is because uh, um, I've seen, you know, a great team growing up here, especially in the Midwest. I'm a big Kansas Jayhawks uh, basketball fan. I am a, uh, you know, I support the Kansas City Royals. I ain't seen the Royals win a World Series. When he won it in 2015, I ain't seen him won it since 85. And, but seeing the Kansas City Chiefs win it after 50 years, that, that was beautiful, man. That, that was beautiful. You couldn't ask for anything um, better than that, especially the year before when we lost to Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game. Oh, yeah. That was heartbreaking to watch. That was heartbreaking to watch. But to see them win that Super Bowl, hey, man, it, it, was, a, it was a beautiful uh, moment. For me personally, uh, because I lost my uncle in 2012, who's a Long Island Chiefs fan, and uh, my grandfather the same, uh, same year. And, you know, just the tears and everything else, too. Like, I watched you guys win five Super Bowls. I never seen the Chiefs <laughs> win. Yeah. So, you know, you, know, you guys let me have my moment. Let me let me shine. Let me shine a bit. But uh, all I can say is this. At least the Cal- Cowboys haven't won any bases. OJ got away with it. That's all I have to say. There we go. Okay, we can agree on something. Uh, it was a yeah. really good Super Bowl for the first half. <laughs> first half. No, I, uh, I respect <laughs> it, though. I respect it. A lot of people were yeah, saying I, going in that Patrick Mahomes was undefeatable. Well, you know, well, well, he found out the next year. He put around and found out the next year. Yeah. Damn, Brady. <laughs> but uh, it was a great Super Bowl. Um, you know, um, I give I give Niners fans a lot of shit when they come talking about me. I was like, yeah, twenty to ten. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad that. Uh... All, all I have to say on that one, but uh, it, it 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 was beautiful. And then of course, I seen him win it last year. Um, that was great. Even with the parade last year, uh, this year. So with this year, uh, with the parade, that was fun too. So you know. For those who uh, love their long line uh, teams, man, uh, on the real though, man, enjoy the moment. Special, enjoy the moment. I think COVID taught us that. You know, life is too short. You know, basically enjoy your life, live your life, and but also um, respect everybody else too. You can have fun and be make it respectable. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was going to say, I'm glad, you know, for your, for your grandfather and for your uncle that they won. I was just uh, mm-hmm. a little, a little petty that it was uh, at my expense. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all good, though. it's all good though. It's all good though. I'm just, I'm just waiting on uh, two of my uh, worst teams to know fans to come out. I'm waiting on Cincinnati Bengals fans. And of course I love talking shit to the Cowboys fans. I love it. I love it. I love when Cowboys fans say we're going to the Super Bowl. Congratulations, you have been eliminated from playoff contention. <laughs> and, yep. they do, and they do this in April. In April. It's like, you know, when January rolls around, you should already have your bad ass to go to Cancun or Cabo. 
Hell yeah. Oh, the that Jay Gordon Bowl. Was that? And, and, it, and it was funny. It was funny to see Dak Prescott win the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award at the Super Bowl last year. I was like, see, that's the closest thing a Cowboy's going to win anything on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> nice. So, God, man, Cowboy fans, are, they're, they're delusional. They're like really, really delusional. It's like, dude, you guys haven't won a Super Bowl since Jinkos came out. <laughs> hey, I still got my Jinkos. <laughs> I, I'm looking for a pair. You know, it's hard to find shit on Amazon Prime. I was like, all right, there's a lot of, all right, let's see here. The last time the Dallas Cowboys won a Super Bowl, Full House was still on television. Um, this is before Aunt Becky. Um, what else Free happened? Free Aunt Becky. Uh, uh, let's see what else. Uh, Bill Clinton wasn't getting his dick struck by Monica Lewinsky. Um, OJ got away with it. Uh, Jordan came back. Um, the Ladies was still the number one television show. Um, the Fresh Prince of Bella went off. And once before, we started threatening people. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's amazing how when you grow up, you know, and you see everything, how everything has evolved. And, and I blame social media. I blame social media because social media is the devil. It is the devil. It's like you get all these fans come out. Like Bengals fans, or Bengals fans haven't been relevant since the Icky Shuffle. And the only way they became relevant is when he was doing a damn commercial for Geico. I'm going to get some cold cuts today. I'm going to get some cold cuts today. And then he lost his job and to a gecko. He lost his job to a gecko. <laughs> wow. Wow. And, and Bengals fans are, are coming out of the woodworks. Like, yeah, we beat you guys three times. And like, yeah, you did. But what about the fourth? See, this is what happened. And like, I have a friend of mine, and I told him, say, hey, Mike Hill, quarterback of the Bengals. If you had not said Arrowhead was Arrowhead, maybe you guys went to the Super Bowl. But in the words of Cat Williams, shouldn't have been talking shit. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. On that note, uh, what is up? Uh, welcome to the Hypothetical Comedy Podcast. I am Funky Sam Medina. I am Athena Rodriguez. And uh, we have a special guest today. He's as petty as he wants to be. Uh, get over Petty Murphy, everybody. What's up, Petty Murphy? Hey, How you doing, man? What's going on, everybody? It's a pleasure to be on Hypothetical Comedy. I'm glad you guys brought me on here. Thank you very much. Hell yeah. It's good to talk to you, man. You're out there making moves and shit, you know? We want to we want to yeah. touch base with you and see how things are going. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely making money moves. Definitely. Hell yeah! <laughs> so you talked about Kansas City. Are you born? You're born and raised in Kansas City. I was born and raised in Kansas City. Um, I did move around as a kid, but Kansas City is my home. I just recently moved back home five years ago after spending uh, been doing comedy for fourteen years, and I spent. Eight of uh, nine of those years down in Wichita, Kansas, where I got my start uh, in. And, you know, as things were progressing for me and when things were digressing, you know, not progressing in the city, because, you know, and everything else too, and coming home and visiting home, um, and had to go back down there, it's kind of like, damn, I'm more appreciative of my hometown. And um, I uh, decided to move back home after doing a sellout show up here. And on the way back down there, I told my girl and her mom, 
I'm not moving to L.A. I'm moving back home. And a lot of people doubted that I would move back home. They're like, oh, no, you're going to stay here. Other comics in the city like, you dissing us and all this and that. Like, no, I'm not dissing y'all. What it is is that when you progress and you elevate and evolve, you want to you, you want to um, go out. You want to you want to go to greener pastures. And for me being down there for so long, and had I moved to LA, it, it, it would have been like a culture shock for me because I'm not I wasn't used to being in a big metropolitan area. This is home. So it's like if I'm going to if I eventually do decide where you can't sit and move to a metropolitan area, I should start here first to get used to being in a big city life and the comedy scene and everything else too. So that's what I did. I decided to move back home and ever since then business is booming. Hell yeah, that's awesome. How far is Wichita from Kansas City? It is two and a half hours south. Oh wow. Wow, that's crazy. How how was yeah. the comedy scene when you came back to Kansas City? Uh it was booming. I mean, you know, you had comics like Gerald Houston, Boogie Williams, Monisha Williams, Janelle Banks, Typhoon Panda, Will C. It was booming. And you know, you're you're seeing more comics come out out of the woodworks and everything else too. And the comedy scene in Kansas City is beautiful. You know, we got several comedy club we got a couple of comedy clubs up here. As a matter of fact, 48 hours after I got in back home, I have my homeboy Mark Quell came all the way from Kansas City to meet me at my hotel room while I was waiting on my apartment, all the way to my hotel room, and said, hey, if you want to open mic at the improv, the world-famous improv, there's a lot of America in the country, and he's like, and you're going. It's like, well, you know, I take a break. Right after Halloween, I basically take a break from November all the way to Black History Month. So, you know, basically, I, I take my time off and everything else, too. And he's like, dude, I, I'm not I'm in my hotel room. I've already had three butt lights and everything else, too. So I've already paid it. And he's like, uh, dude, I'm driving. I was like, all right, let's go. Had a beer in my hands. Let's go. So um, my first show performance in the city happened 48 hours after I got home. And the video's up on my Facebook page. Go to Facebook.com slash Giddy is back. You'll see my uh you'll see me in my Patrick Mahomes jersey. Uh this is Gerda's first year six starting. And I went up there and killed myself for like a good eight to ten minutes and it felt good. And got I got that out of there. And the thing was is that I had no material written. I basically one roof, one ticket, one mic, and let's go. And it was fun. So, you know, um, the Kansas City comedy scene is still growing. It's getting bigger. Um, there's a lot of comics out here that got talent, and they are funny. So, you know, if you're ever in Kansas City or you're looking for Kansas City comics, hey, come right here. It's because um, a lot of people don't know this, is that Kansas City has a very, very underrated comedy scene. And the, one of the legends of all time, Eddie Griffin, is from Kansas City. Oh, wow. And we all know Eddie. Yeah, Eddie Griffin is a legend. And I learned more about Eddie Griffin. His upbringing here in Kansas City is because I have family members that grew up with him and went to school with him. Oh, and wow. My dad, that's crazy. Yeah. My dad and Eddie Griffin, best friends. So, I, I mean, wow. I do that. I, 
I, I found out about that. Um, I was actually going to Las Vegas to celebrate my 35th birthday in 2018. And uh, I found out that Eddie Griffith was performing at the same hotel that I was staying at. So me and my homeboy, Lace, uh, we went down to the uh, casino floor at 2 o'clock in the morning. Yes, we were smoking weed because weed is legal in Vegas. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did, you freeze? <laughs> Did we lose you? Did you freeze? Uh oh. Uh oh. I thought he was doing a dramatic pause. Me too. <laughs> Just sitting there, and um. Hey, uh, Eddie Griffin comes out. We uh, we lost you after you said weed is legal in Vegas. <laughs> okay, it is. Weed is legal in Vegas. If prostitution. Big, uh, uh, beggars, OJ stealing his own shit is legal in <laughs> Vegas, and weed is too. You know what the saying is what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. OJ did nine years, got out of prison, and still lives there. Like, damn, dog. And <laughs> pretty much the OJ Simpson, uh, him going to jail, that was some bullshit because I ain't never met a motherfucker going to prison for stealing his own shit. If that's a goddamn case, everybody in America. Has been accused of stealing their own shit, needs to go ahead and spend some time in jail. Except me. I'm like shit. So I ain't doing that. <laughs> so um, I'm sitting there and I'm at the blackjack table, me and my friend Lace, and Nick Diaz is sitting there. So, you know, we start showing to a USC fire, legend, legend USC fire. Here comes Eddie Griffin. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, and I'm high as shit whatsoever. And I'm chopping up with him. And uh, pretty much, you know, I told him who my people were, and you know, we, we just started talking. But the one of the greatest advice that he gave me was, man, hey, don't sell out. Keep doing what you're doing. Because, you know, you got a lot of comics out there that basically want to sell their soul. And that's also in music as well. Want to sell their soul just to make a few dollars. But no, you don't got to sell your soul. Be organic and build your business. Be your own boss. And that brought me back to what I've been doing since 2016. I've been being my own boss. You know, I basically can handle my business. And that was one of the best advice that he gave me. And um, with the film that I'm doing, um, it's going to highlight that the statement that I made that Kansas City has a very, very underrated comedy. And it's true. And it's true. And it's comics like the ones I mentioned and myself that's trying to bring in the national promise. Wow, that's that's really awesome. Uh, what what is this film that you're making? Uh, the film is called "As Steady as I Want to Be." This is basically uh, me telling my story, um, how I uh, grew up here, uh, my uh, comedy career, and pretty much uh, we've already started filming June 23rd of this year. We're finishing up September the fourth uh, with a final performance, and I basically. Show the world how I can basically bring comedy and music together. And, you know, because people like to laugh, people like to listen to good music. So when you can bring that together and you can bring it to a diverse crowd and you can bring those two elements together, it makes a whole lot of fun. And also, too, you never know who's in the building. So when you get a lot of people um, in there, you never know what, what can uh, come out of it. I'm going to let you guys know one thing that I just did. I just did uh, part of the uh, last part of the filming that we just did on September the 3rd. Oh, uh, not September 30th. 
July 30th. And uh, we, uh, I ended up getting a sponsorship for, for my podcast, The Penny Murphy Project, which you guys can find the page on Facebook.com slash Penny Murphy Project and on YouTube at The Penny Murphy Project. And if you like listening to old school and underground music and even country music, that's right. I play country music, damn it. And this, <laughs> wow. is, before down, this is before what happened down in Alabama. That, that we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, but try that in a small town. So, um, I do play country music, so you guys can find the Penny Murphy Project with the music um, on all plat- uh, streaming platforms as well. And I even get the sponsorship uh, on my podcast. Uh, shout out to Ultimate Ladder, uh, black-owned business. I just interviewed the owner and creator yesterday on the Penny Murphy Project um, with my uh, co-host of Project Jerk from Family Nation Forever Radio, The Mistress. And, you know, it was a great interview, and a lot of things came out of it. So what I like to tell people that are pursuing their business, pursuing their dreams, keep going. Keep going because you never know what it can bring. And learn the business. And one thing that I am doing with this movie is teaching, telling people, this is what you do when you want to manifest your own destiny. You know, don't follow the in crowd. Don't follow the Fluminati. If you guys don't know what Fluminati is, that means fake-ass Illuminati. So I, I, I got curse for this shit. Follow your dreams. And as the late, great, Dusty Rhodes said, if you guys watched the American Nightmare Becoming Cody Rhodes uh, documentary on Peacock, get a dream, hold on to it, and reach for the stars. That's what you need to do. If you've got a purpose in life, go for it. And that's what this movie's going to highlight. Um, I can't wait for this to uh, be finished September the 4th. Um, I'll be doing the final part at Harris Park here in Kansas City at the Taste of Kansas City event, Labor Day night. So everybody come on out. That's going to be great for uh, people to uh, see me do my thing. Um, I got another comic that's coming with me, my main man, Peels. So big shout out to Peels. And we got a musical guest, Danielle DeAnda, as well. So they're part of this project that I'm doing. And, you know, basically to showcase talent and whether it's in music, whether it's in comedy, showcase the talent because the world needs to hear those who ain't with her. So basically, I'm like a real, I'm a comedian, PM Punk, you know, I'm the voice of the voice. And that's what this movie's about is basically um, let everybody know that everything that I've done, hey, respect it. That's all you got to do. You got to respect it. You ain't got to like it. You ain't got to kiss my ass, but respect what I've done. Respect my conglomerate. I'm going to put it like that. Respect my conglomerate. Hell yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool. I did see uh, some of your shows that you produce, and it does look like you have a lot of musical acts. And so that's really cool because that's not very common in comedy uh, with musical acts and stuff. So, yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm behind that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And you have to go back in the day. You know, I'm, I'm old school. You know, I'm an old school. You have to go back to like uh, specials like Robert Townsend's partner in crime, Partners in Crime, uh, Sinbad, uh, so musical funk jam. You have to go back to that where you give people that music, that comedy. It's because, yeah, people like to laugh, but also they like to hear good music as well. Yeah. So that's what I'm trying to bring back. I'm trying to change the culture back to where it was prominent because the comedy game blew up. Literally blew up. Of course, we know about Red. We know about Eddie. We know about Richard. But when you can take 
an element of hip hop and comedy and basically put them together. You can take music and comedy and put them together. It, it, you can show that you grew up in an era where entertainment was entertainment. When you see entertainment now, it's buffoonery and bullshit. And buffoonery and bullshit has got everybody on social media, A, sensitive, B, fucked up, T, uh, fucked up and locked up, <laughs> and a whole bunch of shit. So it's like people, how am I put it like this? When it comes to the culture, people will believe that a lie is the gospel and the truth is blasphemy. And I think with the comedy game, everybody's not sensitive. I understand why. There's certain things in, 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 you know, that's been in this country in the last 20 years makes everything sensitive. But the best comedy, the best comics, Richard, Red, Eddie, Carlin, Pat, Tennyson. Uh, I can't say Kevin Hart because he sold out. He didn't get commercialized. But when Kevin was starting, Kevin was talking real shit. Mike F., you know, Chris Rock, Martin Lawrence, Bernie Mac, Cedric Entertainer. Those comics that we grew up watching that are household names, they told the truth. And that's how I do my comedy. I like to make the truth funny. And I know a lot of Trump supporters are a little pissed off at me because, you know, I'm a player like this. With all the indictments that Trump has gotten, Trump is Trump doesn't have white people charging. Trump has black people charging. <laughs> he has black people charging. Okay, you got you got uh, you got one. You got okay. Well, New York. Okay, then you got Florida. I knew, I knew for a fact when they say you will get another indictment. I say it's either Georgia or January the sixth. When they said Jerry and Six was like, this motherfucker going to jail. He's done. He's done. He's done. And that's what they're going to get him on. And you, you got to pay attention to the case. They're going to get Trump for January the 6th. And the other one, they, they might get him on that shit. But here's the fucked up part because he is running for president. And it's actually a loophole. This is why they did not teach us in school. If Trump goes to prison, but somehow wins the presidency, He's the president in prison. Wow. He can run the White House from prison. Whoa. And that's crazy. Yes. 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 It happened back, uh, I think it was Woodrow Wilson uh, had uh, lost the election. And that's the guy that was going against him. And he ended up losing, but he didn't go to prison. And he ran for president. He didn't win. But there's a loophole that if Trump becomes president, and he goes to prison, he still gets to run the White House. So if that's the <laughs> that's fucking ridiculous. case, that's ridiculous. If that's the case, I got three words for the world. Free R. Kelly. <laughs> oh, but if Trump becomes a president and he's in prison, can he just pardon himself? Oh, damn. No. Okay. That's good. No. That's good. No, that, that, that piece of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah no. Exactly. That's I mean, what I'm he, saying. If he, pardons, if he pardons himself, I think every black person in America needs to uh, basically say, all right, so this motherfucker pardoned himself. Okay, he needs to pardon Larry Hoover, Big Me, uh, well, fuck Justin Smollett, uh, he needs to uh, uh, pardon Tory Lane, 
R. Kelly, uh, my uncle, free my uncle Willie. I mean, you know, a, a lot of a lot of homeboys that are in prison for dumb shit. You know, if he if he gets to pardon himself out of prison, then he needs to free El Chapo. It's the bullshit. Free El Chapo, free R. Kelly. This is bullshit, man. But the truth with comedy is what I'm about. I'm about to tell in this movie. Um, that's what I've been doing with my comedy, with my post, and everything else too. Is that there's some truth that people don't seem to understand, and we as comics, we 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 get to make you know people laugh. But I think people need to understand that we're going to say some shit that will offend you. You pay for what you get. If you're sensitive, stay your ass at home. If you're scared, go to church. Yeah, yeah. Um, where where is your movie going to be available? Is, is going to like are people going to be able to watch it at home and stuff? Uh, you'll be able, you guys will be able to watch it. We actually have a uh, streaming platform. Uh, big shout to uh, Jermaine Tashi Thomas of Tashi Studios and Jaquay Valentine of the Magnificent Media Group. We actually will be putting it on a streaming platform That's real dope. soon. So we ain't going to win. <laughs> but when you find out, when you guys find out, I, when I find out, I will let the world know when that studies I want to be will drop. I just know that I got one more scene. One more scene to drop and basically it's a bit of performance and I cannot wait. And this project's been fun. It's been stressful. Um, in the middle of this project, uh, um, I did, uh, my brother was murdered in Wichita, Kansas on June the uh, 28th. Um, and it was hard because I had to do a, a, a scheduled show. I found out June 29th, early that morning. Oh, and wow. the, I had a show to do here in Oakland Park, Kansas, um, June 30. And, you know, it was hard to you know, even think about canceling. And I had talked to my brother three weeks before he was murdered. And my brother was proud of me doing what I'm doing. So, you know, while everyone was telling me I need to cancel the show, you know, other comics are part of it. They pulled out out of respect for me and my family. Others pulled out because they want to be petty as hell. And, you know, but those who can't, those who rallied around me and all the thoughts and prayers from everybody, I'm still getting a lot of them. I want to say thank you uh, because that helped, you know, that helped me um, go out there and do that. And, you know, even though I'm still hurting and it's been um, 31 days since I buried my brother, um, I'm still pushing on because my goal was to basically not only change the game of comedy, but help change lives and especially my family's. So uh, losing my brother uh, throughout this project and continuing to still do it was a blessing. And that's, and that's how I look at it. It was a blessing to keep going because my brother's still watching over me and um, I'm making him proud. So he was already proud of me doing what I'm doing. And uh, he's even prouder now watching over me. So the project has ups and downs, you know, a lot of fun and everything got through with tragedy. But, you know, everyone knows that a great drama has to have tragedy with it, too. So um, definitely uh, this project here is going to open up a lot of eyes. I think I opened up a lot of eyes uh, to me since my brother's death. But um, I think this project's going to basically open up a lot more doors than what people think. Yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry about your brother. Yeah. I hope that, you know, uh, whatever, like, peace or justice or whatever you're looking for, I, I do hope you get that. Because I know oh, that. Oh, yeah, you know, 
definitely, 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 man. Um, it's been hard, but you know, I um, take it one day at a time. I thank the good Lord, you know, that I'm still here. But also, too, I also pray, you know, for people to you know put some guns down. You yeah, know, especially yeah. the younger generation, man, put some guns down. Um, it's just too much going on in this country. It's getting out of hand. It really stop. is. Yeah, we, we, we need to stop basically fighting one another. Uh, unless you live in Montgomery, Alabama. But uh, <laughs> unless you live in Montgomery, Alabama. But, but on, on the real, though, blacks, whites, Latinos, Asians, LBGTQ, look here, y'all. We're all people. We're all people. And I don't judge, judge people by their race, color, religion, sexual orientation, whatever you are. If you treat me with respect, I'm going to treat you with respect at the same time. You know, treat me the way I want you to, uh, you want to be treated. But I think there's a lot of bullshit that's going on. And as funny as that shit happened at the Alabama Riverboat. And that shit was funny. <laughs> because there were white people say, were well, out of Well, real quick, I was going to say, um, as far as I know, they didn't have any guns, but they were swinging chairs. They were swinging chairs. And, 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 and I swear to God, they were swinging chairs. They were going both. Did you see the dude? Women? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. When I see the video, it's like, wait a second. What the fuck? Hold the fuck up. Someone needs to call the U.S. Olympic swim team and get this brother on the team. I never seen a black man swim that damn fast. Matter of fact, I ain't never seen a black man swim at all. <laughs> and, and Jason Momoa doesn't count, okay? So, uh, <laughs> that brother swam to whoop somebody's ass. And the funny part about it was the grandma get hit with the chair. And I know that you, Sam, are a fan. You are a big WWE fan. Didn't bring back memories of the Attitude Era. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> it, it, it brought back uh, memories of WCW, ECW, WWE, when you can hit a motherfucker upside the head with a chair. I mean, I had, I had motherfucking memes and shit. I called the Alabama Face Buster was, um, it was, uh, how can I say, well, how do you say that shit? It was, uh, what's the word for inspired? It was inspired by the Arabian Face Buster from the homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, Taboo. I'm oh, like, yeah. damn. I'm like, and, and you know, they're still talking about it. They're still talking about it. And the thing that I I hate about social media, and this is, a, and I'm gonna say this too. Everything in, in this world trends every in, every 12 seconds. Everything news work it, it trends every 12 seconds. Anything you post on social media, it trends in 12 seconds. A goldfish, the attention span of a goldfish. It's 12 seconds. America, worldwide, don't be a fucking goldfish. Pay attention to shit, okay? Yeah. Pay attention. It's true. Because when, you, when somebody posts something, you'll pay attention to it for a little bit. So when it comes to things like this that is trending and viral on social media and worldwide, everybody's going to talk about it until something else happens. And when something else happens, we say, fuck this shit. We pay attention to this shit. That's how short the attention span of people in this generation, living amongst this generation, that's how bad social media is. 
It's because while you're talking about one thing, something else happens, and you basically say, oh, you know, it's a mess. And that's the same thing that happens with our social climate when it comes to violence, you know, big events that happen in our country and everything else like that, too. We talk about it until something else happens. But we need to basically stay focused at the task at hand on things that can basically not only change the landscape and the makeup of our country, but also change the culture and in our communities to where we have a better understanding on who we are as people, amongst people as a community. And I think that comedy has been getting hit hard uh, because people have gotten sensitive. People want to go run up on stage and want to slap people ever since Will Smith and Chris Rock. Matter of fact, I want to say this too. When Will Smith met Chris Rock, that was the first time in the history of America that at least three million black people tuned in and watched the Oscars. <laughs> because we didn't watch the Oscars when Hallie won. We didn't watch it when uh, Forrest Whitaker won or when Denzel went cooking and cooking. No, we flipped the damn channel when Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. That's some bullshit. <laughs> That's some bullshit stuff too. Yeah, Wilson and Fat Chris should have stuck his wife. <laughs> I mean, damn. You know, you know, we ain't heard nothing from Will Smith since this month, you know, because it's August. And apparently the name August and the month August brings back flashback. So let's see Will in September when Bel Air season three comes out. But uh <laughs> But no, uh, that's not pretty much how this world is. And I like to use my comedy to tell the truth and make it funny. And like I tell people, I'm not trying to attack your beliefs, your religious beliefs. I just know, especially if you're a Trump supporter, I just think that January 6th was what we saw was the ignorance of white privilege. I mean, damn, you lost. Take the L. But when you can take the truth and make it funny, well, it does, you know what? But when they go home, they'll get you thinking about it. You're like, damn. He was right. Awesome thing. So it's, it's fun. And I get a kick out of it. And it's allowed me to do a lot of things. So, yeah. Um, that's how pretty much um, how I view the world here yeah. in America. No, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Uh, you mentioned uh, like Dusty Roads and Sabu and things like that. One thing that I kept seeing on your on your Facebook is that you have uh, the Winged Eagle Championship belt uh, on stage with you. Yeah. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I incorporated having a belt on stage because I'm a champion. I'm a big wrestling fan, and with this move and everything that I've done when it comes to doing comedy. You know, promoting shows, you know, making my shows, making my name myself. You know, people look at me, you know, like my director's like, dude, we're trying to make you the Roman Reigns of comedy. So, you, <laughs> yes. you know, you see the HNIC shirt, which I have on me right now. I do have the HNIC shirt right here, everybody. Which stands for head nigga in charge. So, if you, if you don't know, you know. But having, I had gold, big gold, the Rick Flair belt. I had that. And I lost that belt, and then I created another belt, which is known as the most hated belt, because I had the, according to people, I had the most hated comic. Well, that's cool, because I tell the truth. But that Wing Eagle belt, I remember that belt. That's that. That's the Hulk Hogan Macho Man 
Ultimate yeah. Warrior, Bret Hart, Shawn Hart, Michaels. Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin belt. And, you know, Yoko Zuna, God rest his soul. You know, that's that, that belt. That's that era I grew up in. And I carry that belt with everywhere I go. I call her gold. And I don't leave anywhere in the world without Goldie. Matter of fact, Goldie's at home right now. She, I just polished <laughs> it up. She, she's waiting for the September the 4th to make her, uh, make her reemergence. But, um, that belt, I always carry a belt with me. And in the last couple of years, I have not carried a belt with me. And it's kind of like, you know, Superman and Kryptonite. You know, you gotta have that vest. And without that belt, I didn't have that crypt, I, didn't, I had Kryptonite. With that belt, that belt gives me like that power. It gives me that power to like, all right, motherfuckers, see this right here? The champ is here. And I carry that belt with me everywhere I go. People want to take pictures with the belt. Just went to Las Vegas in May. And a lot of people were taking pictures, wanted to take pictures with me in the belt. That's cool. Everywhere I go. Everywhere I go and I got Goldie with me. People want to take pictures with me in the belt. And um, matter of fact, as I was going to the airport here in Kansas City, Las Vegas, uh, TSA Basically, he had to know, stop me, take the bag, pull the bell. It's like, yo, where the fuck did you get this from? <laughs> Amazon probably $350 for that belt. That belt is actually $3,000. I paid $350 to a guy from Pakistan. So, uh, I love that belt. That belt is awesome. And me carrying that belt is just basically like, all right, the chance is here. I'm going to do my thing. And um, it inspires people. Um, Rapper Pastor Troy got a belt. You know, I got a belt. So I walk around with my belt and everything else, too. And as a big wrestling fan, you know, hey, it's like, yo, I, I carry. And it's like, because, you know, some of the best quotes and memories in uh, wrestling came from comics. A lot of people didn't know Patrice O'Neill. The late Patrice O'Neill wrote. Material for the WWE. Chris Jericho mentioned that. And uh, some, of, some of the things that The Rock would say, Patrice O'Neill wrote. Some of the things uh, Jericho said, Patrice O'Neill wrote. And it was, it was awesome. So, you know, to know, know that comedy and, and uh, wrestling came together like that, man, it's inspiring. So, yeah, that belt, that, that's my pride and joy. As a matter of fact, I'm coming out with a new one. Real soon. So I'm going to carry two belts. That means I'm undisputed. Yeah. So you'll be able to look up for that. Then that means you are the Roman Reigns. <laughs> oh, damn. Yes, I am. Acknowledge. <laughs> Acknowledge. <laughs> Another thing I want I to ask got you. A I even got a wise. I got a wise man. Wise. Did you know? <laughs> That's cool. Did you know that? Did, did you know these people were going to show up late? <laughs> <laughs> Um, another thing I wanted to ask you about was uh, Black in My Element, uh, your comedy special that you're going to film. Yes, uh, that will be uh, Saturday, October 21st, live at TNT's Tavern in St. Joseph, Missouri. Um, Black in My Element, um, I had just did the show, my last performance, and I had the picture. I was at TNT's Tavern, and I said, Back in My Element. And my good friend, Nick Swayze, was like, I thought I said Black in My Element. I was like... <laughs> I said to say and think about it because I was high too. And I said, it, I was like, this motherfucker just gave me a million dollar idea. Yeah, no, it's, like, a great, it's a great play on words. Absolutely. And then that would be I M E. Okay, cool. Because I got H N I C. 
Everybody knows that. By the way, the t-shirts are sold out. Uh, and as I blackened my element, I was like, okay, cool. Because I went up there in a diverse area. St. Joseph, Missouri is a diverse area. Uh, blacks and whites, they, they come together because it's a small town. And here's a fun fact that people do not know. Eminem is not originally from Detroit. Eminem was born in St. Joseph, Missouri. Oh, wow. I want to get that out there. So I went up there. Um, I went up there to host a, uh, a hip-hop and uh, R&B talent show. I went up there, hosted that show, and I already have booked the show there. So um, with that, so was fun. So Black and White Element is going to be fun. I'm going to be basically filming my first comedy special. Outside of the movie. A lot of people want to be, oh, it's the sequel to As Petty As I Want to Be. No, 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 no. That comes next year. There's a plan behind that. But the first comedy special, uh, it's going to be awesome. And I cannot wait to do that. And uh, it's going to be have live comedy outside of me. Uh, I got comics already knocking on my door. I got hip-hop artists. I got R&B artists. And we're going to have some fun Saturday, uh, October 21st, everybody. So tickets will be available August 26th. For more information, go to facebook.com slash the Penny Murphy Project and find out more. So Black in My Element, um, this is going to be fun. Um, there's some things that I did not put in the movie that I'm going to say October 21st. So that's the cool thing about it. So you say the best for last. Uh, I'm going to put it like that. Yeah, no, that's incredible. That's awesome, man. You're making big moves. Congratulations. Why, thank you. Thank you very much. And you are too, man. I got I got to give you a props out there. How are you doing your thing, man? So we see you too. Yeah, we're trying. We're definitely trying. And, and, and trust me, man, you know, um, COVID. I'm going to tell everybody COVID, you know, COVID kind of fucked up my shit. Yeah, um, I think all of us, really. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like people going around motorcycles and shit. I'm just trying to enjoy my holiday and shit, and I'm trying to have fun with y'all. But um, when COVID hit, I was actually supposed to go to New York City and oh, do wow. some shows, up. and I had never been to New York City. I've been to Cali, I've been to Cincinnati, I've been to Dallas, I've been to San Diego, and I've been to uh, Las Vegas. I had never been to the Big Apple. I wanted to. I wanted to ride a subway. I wanted to see the 9-11 memorial. I wanted to um I wanted to uh basically hang out in Times Square. I wanted to take a picture with a New York City rest since they're big as adults. You know, <laughs> say, hey, I took a picture of Master Splitter. And I wanted to eat at Benny Hanna. I wanted to eat at Benny Hanna. I wanted to eat New York uh New York pizza and everything else too. But it was when the pandemic hit and couldn't do no comedy shows, I was like, fuck. What the fuck am I going to do to entertain these people? Lucky for me, my good, my, my family, the Mr. from Family Nation Forever Radio, gave me an idea in 2019. He said, you need to have your own show. Well, one of the people did not know is that me being a comic, I actually have a journalist for her. Oh, okay. So, so this is why I can talk shit. <laughs> and talk shit perfectly. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I can't go to New York City. I can't do comedy. So how the hell am I entertain these people? 
I'm going to create a podcast. And the Pitt Murphy Project, um, it changed, it basically opened up more doors. Um, basically, I got to interview a lot of great people, a lot of artists. I got to interview the great Bruce Gallant, the great Larry Hankin, Mark Christopher Lord. I've interviewed a lot of people where in the entertainment industry or not, I got to interview a lot of great people. And, you know, I'm going to post a 600 episode of the Penny Murphy Project that the audio with the music and the live interviews. I'm approaching 600 episodes. That 600 episode should happen by October the 1st. So it's a grind. And I basically treat that podcast the same way that I treat my uh, comedy career. It's a grind. It's a 24-7 grind. Yeah. No, it definitely is. It definitely is um, a grind. Uh, but that's cool, man. 600 episodes. That's crazy. Hell yeah. It, it, it is, and it's a lot of consistency, a lot of work, and it's more, I think me doing the podcast and trying to put everything together has basically enhanced my creativity, mm-hmm. to basically, well, okay, if I can put a show together with music, then I can basically come together, basically sit there and write my jokes in my head, memorize them, and then go. So it's easy. Yeah, I think I think the petty, I think doing the podcast has helped me with my comedy. And the, and the aspects of the creativity and come up with events and everything else too. It's because it's a form of entertainment. And if you were in school and they basically told you how to write an essay, you had to brainstorm and shit, it's the same damn thing. Only difference is you get paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Hey, so you said that you started comedy 14 years ago in Wichita, Kansas. Um, how did yeah. you, how did you go about starting? Like, how did that come into your life? Uh, I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing else to do in Wichita there. or what? <laughs> yeah, it was in Wichita. I was there. Um, this happened in 2006. Good friends of mine. Just, hey, we were going to get fucked up every day of the week. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Didn't matter. And I would tell jokes. I would crack jokes every night at 2 and say, hey. You need to go do the Looney Bin, which is as close as of last month, the comedy club down there. Oh, and I kept it did. I heard of, I've heard of the it Looney did. Bin. Oh, that yeah, sucks. Yeah, it comes down there, which is where I got my at. And I was like, nah, I ain't doing that, man. And it's like, why not? It's like, look here. I am the weapon of mass destruction that Bush couldn't find in Iran. <laughs> hell no. You give me a microphone, hell no. So, in 2008, bring it into New York in 2009. Okay, things were changing for black America. Obama became president. So, yeah, congratulations. We got a black guy in the White House. Finally. <laughs> so, um, and everybody was sitting around telling their New Year's Eve, uh, res- New Year's resolutions and shit. And I was like, all right, I got my New Year's resolution. I'm going to do comedy. And I said I was going to do it Wednesday night, which was uh, open mic night. And my friends were like, yeah, that's cool. That's what's up. And I looked at all my friends and said, all you motherfuckers is coming with me. You pushed me. You pushed me me to it. And it was so much fun. I bought my first set. Every comic that has been doing this, you bought your first set. But my friends kept feeding me. That's because they got me fucking drunk before I even went on stage. So I learned the lesson. Don't drink before you go on stage. Move weed. So um, <laughs> I kept going back. I kept going back. I ended up getting into the uh, Wichita's um, Wichita's funniest person's contest um, in the top ten. 
I didn't win, but what I did was it's like, okay, I made my mark. Now let me take off. And I just kept going and going and going and everything else too. So that's pretty much how my career got started to where now I'm about to, I'm about to hit God, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. it, 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 so there, there it was uh, right there. So, you know, I give Wichita as much credit as though know, for being, you know, helping me in my career. Uh, but, you know, being back home and basically being seen on every single platform that you can name, even being Google verified, I don't know why people pay fifteen dollars to get verified on Facebook for clout. We really know you ain't shit. But when you get that Google verification, that Google verification carries a lot more weight, and plus it's free. So um, nice. It, it, it was so much. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. A lot of things opened up for me. I was able to even create a improv comedy game show known as Cracking Up. That I had a. Uh, for a writer from HBO, he even know the motherfuckers from HBO. He came to do cracking up, and someone hit me up. One of the comics hit me up because we're the only game in town. The guy was in town, wanted to perform, and well, we're doing cracking up, and I was like, well, you know, yeah, I'll give fifteen and twenty minutes because these motherfuckers never show up on time. This is why you. This is what happens when you have black people on your show. They like to show up on colored people time. And you tell them, hey, this is what time you have to be here. And they show up like 20 minutes after you fucking told them the shit. So I let the dude do his thing. What's why we played cracking up and everything else too. And um, two weeks later, me and my girl are at the uh, after, uh, after Hour Lounge, fucked up, and I run into the guy. And the guy's telling me about the biggest comedy uh, festival in Canada. They were at that year's in Montreal. Uh, he was telling us about cracking up, me and a couple castmates. That, you know, hey, he liked the originality, how real and raw it was. He said, you personally, Petty Murphy, are funnier than Nick Cannon. And I was like, well, everybody's funnier than Nick Cannon. <laughs> <laughs> so, You're not wrong with that one. So, and, and you know, he's like, he was telling me about that. It's like, all right, man, what's the catch, man? Because I, I, what's the catch? What's up, this shit, man? And he's like, I'm a writer for HBO. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. I was like, am I Eddie Murphy, uh, at the time they saw after they saw Rocky Boy, get the fuck out of here. And he's like, no, for real though. He handed me his phone. He said, Google, oh, sit down. I just sat down. He gave me the phone. He said, Google. I Googled this motherfucker. This motherfucker was legit. And I told my girls like, Man, why you why you why are you like down for us? Like, that motherfucker just did cracking up. And this motherfucker's a writer for HBO. We almost ran out the fucking plug. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, no. So we had our rehearsal the next day. And I told my um, co-creator and co-owner cracking up, which, by the way, is his birthday. Happy birthday, Tone Crew. I told him about it. And he was like, damn. You mean we almost ran out the plug? I'm like, yeah. But lucky for me, I have talked off, talked to, you know, to him and everything else, too. So Wichita allowed me to create. And allowed me to not only create, but also change his culture. And the thing is blowing up very well. A uh, great, uh, great lot of great innovators. Um, a lot of great comedy movies came out. Go to Tubi and uh, check out PPP Lone Gone, presented by Devon, uh, directed by Devon Bray. Um, a lot of great movies out there. A lot of great comics and stuff too that I know down there. And I kind of want to say that I being a pillar. Help change that culture down there. 
I just basically just had to move back home because I miss home. I miss barbecue. I miss my cheese. I miss my one of my favorite restaurants, Go Chicken Go. I miss seeing a rich white girl. I mean, I, yeah. I miss it all. And that's why I miss, came home. And um, I'm glad to be home, you know, amongst my, fam, my, my family and stuff, too. You know, my, my dad. Um, I just reunited with my dad um, six years ago um, and everything else, too. You know, family and everything else, too. So, yeah, I can say Wichita um, helped shape me. And, you know, it's respect at the end of the day. Hell yeah. And then, and then Kansas City kind of helped you to grow and expand. Kansas so cool, City man. brought me back home and it helped me grow and to expand. Yes, I can say that. And I love my hometown and there's no place like home. There's no place like home. And it's funny because that original line is about Kansas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you love Kansas, but oh, still. <laughs> but, but, but we know we know what happened going down the Yellow Brick Road. Dorothy was a hoe. Okay. <laughs> 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 Hell yeah, man. Hey, thank you so much for joining us. It's been yeah, a lot of fun you. talking to you. Hey, no problem. And everybody that's listening and, and uh, listening, hey, you can find more about me. Go to facebook.com slash the Petty Murphy Project. Follow me on Instagram at the Petty Murphy Project. TikTok at the Petty Murphy Project. Subscribe to my YouTube channel at the Petty Murphy Project as well. Um, there is a public service announcement that I do want to get to the ladies before we go. Absolutely. Late. Make sure that you wash your pussy. <laughs> I will. <laughs> Make sure you wash your pussy. <laughs> and when you're down there, have the mindset when you're washing it down there that it's somebody's restaurant. <laughs> I'm telling you, nobody wants your camel toe smelling like pig feet. Oh. Okay? Alright? Y'all know the commercial. You know what the commercial said back in the day. You're not fully clean unless you just fully clean. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm Teddy and I approve this message. Thanks for having me on here on Hypothetical Comedy, man. Thank you. Hell yeah. Thank you very much, Petty Murphy. Uh, you guys can find me at Funky Sam Medina. And I'm at She Shines For You, all spelled out. No numbers. And everything else is at Hypothetical Comedy. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. You're welcome. You guys have a good evening.